praise the Lord. You are listening to the broadcast of True Life Omissions for Jesus Christ, located at 
Mm-hmm. You know, because otherwise you're going to fall back into that same routine. But you still think sort of the same. And you still have those hurts inside of you that caused you to drink or caused right. you to do drugs. You still have all that inside you and all that emotional hurt, all that you think about what people have done to you. And you can forgive them, but it's it doesn't completely go away. Well, the memory of it doesn't. Right, right. The me- well, right. But if you're not rooted in the Lord, that, I think, for some people, torments them. Mm-hmm. So, in this article it says, ecstasy was one of Michael's favorite drugs in his teens. And after abusing the substance for years, he developed a minor stutter. His thought processes became cloudy. And his creative abilities were stunted. And, and that's what happens. I mean, drugs and alcohol affect your body, period. It affects your mind. It affects every part of you. So um, you take too much alcohol, too much drugs, you can have a heart attack and die. It affects the structure of your, of your heart and... Um, In your organs, your liver. Right. It, it's like some people end up getting cancer. Some people die of... Uh, heart failure. Or, or, or sclerosis of the liver. Right. It, it, anything can happen. So the article goes on to say, the devil would whisper depressing lies into his mind, such as, you'll never fulfill God's call to preach the gospel and write his words because of your brokenness, and you are dumb and unable to be used as an instrument of the Lord. Instead of succumbing to these lies, Michael dug into the word of God and found promised scriptures to stand on and declare in the midst of hopelessness. Then one afternoon, as he spent time in the Lord's presence and his word, something supernatural took place that radically transformed his heart and his mind. And he was instantly healed of his brain, was instantly healed healed of drug abuse. He was instantly healed. God made him whole yes. again. God made him whole. Right, just like with, with the lepers. You know, they were healed, but that one was made whole. So anyone who ha- who's going through anything like that, um, years, I don't care if it's been your whole life. You know, I don't care... If you've been drinking since you've been 12 years old and now you're 60-something, I don't care if you've been smoking and doing drugs for all of your life, and there's still hope for you. There's not only hope for you to stop, there's hope for you to be healed. There's hope for you to be, for the Lord to heal all the emotional hurts. There's hope for you to be delivered in your mind. Right, and in this day and age where people walk by sight and not by faith, They'll have you thinking that it's not possible, or that it's a trick, or that it, uh, it's basically a, a, a mental thing whereby you can heal or deliver yourself, you know, if you think it. Right. So you have to know this, that when the Lord promised you deliverance, that's exactly what he means. That you can go for counseling. But that's not, that's not a spiritual healing. So God will actually deliver you spiritually. He will actually renew your conscience. He will make you a brand new creature. And people don't want to believe that, but God will make you brand new. Yeah, I think a lot of people, they go for counseling, they go for 
I think therapy more or less just feeds the, the natural man. It doesn't, it doesn't feed the spiritual man. And, and if a person is basically, they have a mindset where they are in self, then I think therapy helps them because it more or less builds up what, how they feel. You know, basically what a therapist does is like, in a sense, they're not telling you that you're wrong, they're just telling you how to deal with whatever that situation, how you view it, how you can cope. But that's not salvation. Right. Yeah. 
try him at his word. If you have doubt, if you tell you it's not necessary, then try the Lord and see whether or not you will be blessed. Just don't take someone's word for it when it's clearly in the Bible the Lord blessed those who gave, especially those who gave tithe. I mean, Abraham did it before they even had the covenant and had the law. He just knew to do it. He just did it. You know, so the Lord, just try God. So in verse 7, it says, it thus says, saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Right. And so the Lord doesn't leave you ignorant. That's what, that's what gets Think me. Think about what you're doing. Right. Think about what you're doing. It's like you knew better. And then he says, go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it. I'll take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. You looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts? Because my house is laying waste. And you run to your own house. You go and you worry about your own house. You take, you know, you take care of your stuff. Therefore, the heaven over you is stayed from doing, the earth is stayed from her fruit. So because they didn't acknowledge the Lord, they didn't consider the Lord, they didn't uh, ask the Lord, what should we do? How should we do it? They didn't, and God said, I'm going to blow on everything and I'm going to scatter it away. It, right, and, and the thing that you're saying, they still didn't think to ask God. God had to come out and just tell them, this is what's happening, this is why. Right. <laughs> but you know, that's how merciful God is. He's, they're trying to figure out why this is all happening. And, and so God is spelling it out. You know, you, if they didn't understand, this is why. So God said, therefore, the heaven over you is stayed from you. I'm not going to send rain. I'm not going to water the, the plants that you, the earth is stayed from a fruit. It's not going to, whatever you plant, it's not going to bear a whole lot of fruit. It's just not going to happen. I, God said, I called for a drought on the land and on the mountains, and on the corn, and on the new wine, and on the oil, and on the ground, bring it forth, and upon men, and the cattle, and upon the labor of the hands. So he even touched the hands so that they wouldn't... The labor didn't bring forth what, you, what they thought it would. Then Zerubbabel, yeah, I like Zerubbabel. <laughs> the son of Shealtiel, Right. And Joshua, the son of jo Josedeth, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord, their God, and the words of Haggai, the prophet. And the Lord, their God, had sent him, and the people did fear before the Lord. Then spake Haggai, the Lord's messenger, in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, and I like this. I am with you, saith the Lord. So through all of this that they were doing, disrespecting with the Lord, not even acknowledging him, not doing, he still was with them. Right. All the stuff that they were doing, they didn't want to acknowledge the Lord, they didn't want to do anything, they didn't, I mean, they were spinning their wheels. It's like a little rat in a cage mm -hmm. going round, 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 and they were going nowhere. Right. And not accomplishing anything. And God is right there with them. And he's so merciful, he finally says, oh. They don't get it, so let me tell them and what's happening. spell it out for them. Right. And you know what I noticed? He used the children. 
Bill was the son of the governor. Uh, Joshua was the son uh, of the high priest. He, he used the children, which is unusual because basically children were seen and not heard. So they were instructing the elders. And that's unusual within itself. And they listened. Mm -hmm. So it says in 14, verse 14, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and they did work in the house of the Lord, of the Lord of hosts, their God. So they finally did it. So when I, after I finished reading the first chapter, I was thinking, no matter what you're going through, no matter how hard it is. So I'm thinking about how difficult it, it has been for us with the coronavirus and how difficult it's been where people are losing their jobs, how difficult it is with people losing their lives at the hands of police officers. It's, it's Life is hard, but the message that God has that people should remember, number one, consider your ways, but number two, the most important, is I am with you. I am with you. No matter what you're going through, I'm with you. Right. I'm with you. And I'll take care of you. I'll help you. I'll fix things. Right. So then in second, the second chapter, it, it, first verse it says, Then came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? How do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? Can you imagine? Because the Lord had, had uh, things made out of pure gold. He had the cedar overlaid with gold. He had the purple. I just, I, I can just imagine, it must have been really beautiful. And then here's the next message that I believe that God wants everybody to hear. Not just us, not for me, but he wants everybody to hear it. It's in, it's in verse 4, chapter 2 of Haggai. Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord. He says it again, each individual person. And be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest. And be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. Right. God's with you. And, and you know, in the time that this was taking place, uh, the majority of the people had been taken into captivity. So Daniel was alive at this time, but Daniel was in Babylon. Zechariah was alive at this time. But Haggai, they were still at home back in Judah. You know, and they still had uh, charge over the temple. So sometimes the people, when you're in captivity or you're in bondage or somebody is overseeing you and they're not righteous, that's not the time to give in. You know, that's the time to serve God even the more. And I think they had just sort of resigned themselves to the fact that they were in captivity. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know about the rest of the, the but that's the message that I got out of reading Haggai. First of all, consider your ways. You know, if you're looking at yourself and you're not getting ahead, you're not, things aren't working out for you financially or on your job or it's not working out in your family or it's not, consider your ways. Now, have I been acknowledging the 
will cause the Lord to bless me. The other thing is, do I always remember when I'm going through hard times? Because even if you're doing everything that you know to do, even if you know that you're doing everything that you know to do, you got to know that God is with you. you got to know that he's walking right next to you. He's standing right next to you. He's helping you. He cares about you. He loves you. You know, he'll bless you. You know, further on in the in the chapter 2, it says, I smote you with blasting and with mildew and with hail and in all the labors of your hands. But you didn't turn to me, said the Lord. Consider now from this day and upward, from the four and twentieth day of the ninth month, even from the day of the foundation of the Lord's temple laid, consider it. Right, so that's around November, December. He started talking to me around August. And I don't think it got until like around the end of the year. Is no. the seed yet in the barn? Yea, as yet the vine and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree hath not brought forth. From this day I will bless you. Right, because they so started doing it. So that is a promise. It. That's a promise. You do for the Lord and God will bless you. Right, and, and then you, there's a future promise. That's why, you know, it's just a, a miraculous how the Lord, when he talks, because there is no time with, with the Lord. Time was invented for us, created for us. But how he says, I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. And, you know, mm -hmm. they're probably looking for something. verse 22. Right. I will destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the heathen. I will overthrow the chariots and those that ride in them. And the horses and their riders shall come down, every one by the sword of his brother. So if you take, if you honor God, he's going to take care of you. Right. You may not think it's going to happen right away. You may not feel like, oh, it should happen right away. It's going to happen. Right. And if we, and if we take whatever it is with thanksgiving and uh, look into the Lord and we bless it and put our trust and our confidence in the Lord, not only is it easier, you know, it's just so much easier for us within our spirit when we do that. But then we'll be able to see the spiritual eye, not natural, spiritual. We'll be able to see God moving. Well, you consider your ways, just like that guy who... Uh, that article that I read about how the Lord healed his brain of, right. of all of the years of drug abuse, you know, I'll, and I can tell you that people who have been doing drugs or alcohol and have damaged their bodies and and have had physical problems, emotional problems, mental problems, God wants to heal you. Right. All you have to do is consider your ways. Anybody, you don't pay your tithes. Delight is in the law of the Lord, 
and in his law does he meditate day and night. Now ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, if you have mercy on the poor, what will happen to you? And the answer is, you become happy. And the answer can be found in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 21, which reads, He that despiseth his neighbor sinneth, but he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. This week's food for thought is, because God's loving kindness is better than life, what does that, what does it make you do? What does it make you want to do? Hint the Bible, and that's food for